0: Hey everybody welcome to today's Beach Talk in Jonah chapter 3 I love to help us understand uh, every word of God that's in the Word of God in this chapter of the Bible it's an honor to be able to teach you God's Word today so my objective is always the same and it's always simple it's disciples making disciples who plant churches that plant churches so that Jesus and his teachings can be a grassroots movement all over the world now our vision this year is to multiply Uh, our ocean waters from four in two countries to eight in four countries. Now, this is a really big vision, so we need you to pray that God will help us to accomplish this. So we hope to see you in person soon at one of our in-person locations, and those are on our website and are being updated all the time. Now, Jonah chapter 3 says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach the message that I tell you. Now, this is the second call of God to Jonah. How many times in your life has God had to tell you something twice before you did it? Now, this shows the amazing love of God to his wayward people. Though Jonah did everything he could to resist the first call of God, just like we do, after he repented, God gave him a second chance. Now, aren't you thankful for second chances? I know that I am. One commentator said here, by parale- by paralleling the Jonah chapter one's opening remarks, we see that Jonah here is offered a new beginning. So, how many of us uh, have been called to deliver uh, a person or a group uh, like Jonah was? That's a lot of what this chapter's about. Now, God was determined to do the work through Jonah, so He did not give up on him. Now, God is often just as committed to do his work through our own lives, so he's always given us uh, those second, third, fourth, and infinity of second chances. The great preacher Charles Spurgeon said that the the problem that God wanted to solve was how is he going to get this whole city to repent? Well, he sent Jonah. God's answer to a problem is almost always a person. He'll send a person to solve a problem. What problem does God want to solve in the world through your life? That's one of the things that Jonah chapter 3 teaches us. Look around into the world and see the problems that lay in front of us and how God might want to send you into that situation to help solve it, to help turn it around. Not because you're amazing, but because God is amazing In you and through you and how God wants to use your life to do amazing things in a broken and fallen world if we'll simply live with outstretched palms and hands and say God take my life do whatever you want to do with it now instead of telling Jonah to cry out against Nineveh this time God simply tells Jonah to go there wait for instructions God often works his best in our life this way He doesn't give us the whole plan. He just gives us the next step. If we saw the whole plan, we would be scared. But the story of Jonah demonstrates why God often leads us one step at a time without telling us ten steps. God told Jonah that what he would to go to Nineveh, Jonah rejected the call. God often tells us what to do, and then we don't do it. Now look at verse 3. Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now, Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, uh, a three-day journey in extent, and Jonah began to enter the city on the first day's walk. Then he cried out and said, 40 days and you will be overthrown. Now, what's happening here? It's like an eight-word sermon. Jonah preaches in Nineveh and he went out. Now, having learned the lesson that resisting the will of God is foolish and counterproductive, Jonah now obeys God's call and goes to do what God told them to do. Now, Nineveh was ex- it was a great city, a big city. It was three days travel from one end to end. The idea behind the statement probably refers to how long it would take to walk around the whole city. It was a metropolitan area, a lot of power there, a lot of wealth there, a lot of very angry and violent people there. Yet 40 days and you'll be overthrown. Jenna, J- Jonah emphasized to the people that Nineveh, what would happen to them if they didn't repent, that they would be overthrown in judgment. Now, undoubtedly, this was not Jonah's whole message, but it was clearly his emphasis. Now, overthrown is a word applied to the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah in Genesis 19. So this word is interesting. It's God's judgment. We see that Jonah preached this message with zeal, so much zeal uh, that he was passionate when he said it. Was it soft-spoken? It was harsh. It was full of strength was full of anointing. He went and he told the people of Nineveh that they needed to literally turn their lives around, that they needed to repent, that they needed to quit doing the things that they had been doing and start to follow God. <clears throat> now look at verse five. We see the response. It says, so the people of Nineveh believed God, proclaimed a fast. They put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them then the word Came to the kingdom of Nineveh and he arose from his throne and laid aside his robe He covered himself with sackcloth and ashes and he caused it to be proclaimed And and published throughout Nineveh that by the decree of the king and his nobles saying Don't let man or animal nor herd nor flock taste anything Do not let them eat or drink water but let them be covered with sackcloth and cry to God Turn from their evil ways the violence from their past. Who can tell if God will turn or relent and turn away from his anger so that we will not perish? Now, wow, this is a great example of repentance. Now, the response of the people was that word, repentance. Now, this isn't isn't a word that you would think what it means. It means going one place, turning around, and going the other. You can't have repentance without responsibility. God always wants us to be responsible, understand what we did, and then quit doing it. That's repentance. Repentance begins with believing God. As we believe him and his word, we have the power to transform our lives as he wants us to. We can do a lot of other things in our lives, but repentance has to be genuine and it has to be sincere and it's marked by a change in action, a change, of course. You see, you can't believe God apart from his word. Therefore, any real repentance will begin with understanding the Bible and making a commitment to live by the Bible, by God's word. But the people of Nineveh proclaimed to fast and put on sackcloth. Repentance means doing something. The people of Nineveh, they fasted, they mourned as for the dead, and they did it from the highest to the lowest, from the greatest to the least. Now, if repentance is anything, it is not business as usual. When repentance comes, something has to change, and something has to be different. Now, in their case, the people of Nineveh took off their clothes and put on sackcloth, a sick, coarse cloth normally made from goat's hair. They wore it uh, as a display of the rejection of Earth's comforts and pleasures, the things that were tempted by now here they're repentant on behalf of their animals now this is extreme repentance they even had their animals get in on turning their lives around (laughs) that might be when you know god is really talking to you when you involve your animals as well in changing their lives a little bit extreme now there are many modern expressions of repentance a lot of people make excuses or they justify the reasons for their sin. That's not really repentance at all. Often those are just our attempts to justify and excuse ourselves. Nevertheless, uh, we need to take responsibility if we're really going to repent for our life. So it's better to come to God openly and honestly and say, God, whatever you want to do, I know that you're right and I'm wrong. Now. He commanded them to turn their lives around. Repentance means turning from your evil ways and the violence, in this case, that was in their hands. It means a change of mind and a change of action, a change of course. Now, as we follow Jesus, as we're disciples of Jesus, repentance does not describe what you must do to turn to God, it describes the very process of turning to God. When we truly turn to Him, we turn away from the things that displease Him or make Him unhappy. And who can tell if God is who if God will turn away and relent and withhold his anger? You see, repentance has hope in the mercy and the love of God. It hopes that God will relent and give people a chance to turn their lives around. Now, Jonah couldn't could could more effectively preach the message of repentance because he knew his own need to repent. And he himself is a model of repentance in the last chapter in chapter two. Being a repentant person didn't disqualify Jonah from preaching repentance. It made his preaching that much more effective because it was personal. Now, in verse 10, it says that God relented from the disaster he said he would bring to them and he didn't do it. You see, God's full of grace, full of second chances. God's response to their repentance was that he saw their works and he relented. He honored their repentance, even though their past sin would have been enough For him to pour out his judgment he didn't do it that state would never forgive a cold-blooded murderer who vowed to never do it again but God mercifully relented from judgment against the people of Nineveh we don't obligate God to forgive us when we repent instead repentance appeals to God's mercy not to his justice you see God God relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them and he didn't do it Now, did God relenting make Jonah a false prophet? No, he went with God's words, they heard God's words and they turned their lives around completely. You see, God acted in total consistency with his word. The instant that God speaks concerning a nation and a kingdom to pluck up and to pull down and to destroy it, if that nation doesn't do what he says, God will give people, you and I, always a chance to turn around. And to do something different again this chapter is full of grace and it's full of mercy now his his words it implied if you don't repent that the judgment was gonna come and that's God's message to us God is full of love he's full of grace he's full of mercy but he's also full of justice he's also full of judgment justice and judgment only make sense in light of mercy grace and love now God did judge uh, didn't judge Nineveh Never, nevertheless in the light of their repentance he delayed the promised judgment for later on in history now this concludes our time looking at Jonah chapter three today I want to I want you to ask yourself today what was something God was saying to you through today's beach talk through his word you know every time we pray it's a chance to stop doing some things to start doing some things to, to hit reset in our life. And to do things in a fresh new way would you just pray with me now say god help me to stop doing those things that i know i need to stop help me to start doing those things i know i need to start would you hit reset in my life would you forgive me and help me even now in this moment to line my will up with yours in jesus name amen now for thousands of years the work of god has been supported by the people God. Now the Bible teaches radical generosity for those who believe in Jesus now Why does it teach that because we're supposed to believe We're supposed to be radically generous We have heard the gospel the good news about Jesus out of that generosity When we give it gives other people a chance to hear so God wants us to be radically generous so that people in California people in El Salvador, people in Indonesia, people in Bangladesh can also hear and have a chance to follow Jesus just like we have. That's why we do it. Now we're all set up to do that on our website. You can find information there at oceanwater.com. And as always, have a beautiful day.